From Duck Creek Technologies, it's Conversations on the Creek, the podcast series where we interview our partners about how the latest technology and insure tech is transforming the PNC insurance industry. I'm Rob Savitsky from the Duck Creek product marketing team. And I'm Zach May from the Duck Creek Solution Partner team. And in today's episode, we're so stoked to be joined by Jeroen Morenhoff, CEO and co-founder of Friss. Friss provides a range of solutions that enable end-to-end safe digital transformation, including underwriting risk insights and claims fraud detection solutions for PNC insurers. Their goal is to lower loss ratios, enhance customer experiences, and ultimately help make insurance more honest. We're excited to hear Jeroen's perspective on claims fraud and how AI-powered fraud detection solutions are helping insurers prevent and fight fraud. Welcome, Jeroen. How are you and where are you? Uh, Well, thank you, and I'm super excited myself as well. And I am actually currently in Yosemite, uh, the beautiful national park uh, just uh, outside of San Francisco, uh, where I'm recording this uh, outside. So for me, work hard, play hard is important. So uh, yeah, that's, that's what I'm practicing every day and today specifically. That's awesome, and, and this is Zach chiming in your room. Yeah, I, uh, I, I understand the uh, the love for for seeing national parks in this country. I've uh, living in Utah now. I have the opportunity to to get to national parks much much easier than I than I once did living in the uh, the eastern half of the U.S. So uh, Yosemite is one on my bucket list. I hope to yeah. get to soon. It was a, it was a long ride from Chicago, but it's worth it. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. Yeah, I myself up here in Boston, but looking forward to getting out to New Hampshire in the White Mountains this weekend. So I will, I will be in a similar environment as you guys soon enough. But anyways, let's, uh, let's jump into this. Uh, so Jeroen, as we all know, fraud is a large challenge that insurers face. In the U.S. alone, it's estimated to cost the PNC industry over $40 billion a year. That being said, what are some of the recent claims fraud schemes that insurers are experiencing? Um, yeah, so let me start by correcting or basically giving a lot of background to that number. Uh, there's there's uh, uh, there's uh, clear statistics that is not even forty, but eighty billion in the U.S. alone. So that just gives to say how big the issue is, and also how unclear how big it actually is. Uh, so it's it's often referred to as the dark number or the black number that we cannot really uh, uh, guesstimate or estimate uh, at this time. So, it, but to your question, like how is claim fraud uh, um, changing and what are the recent trends? So I would say uh, a big thing that has changed recently is the way that people do business. Um, the digitalization has increased significantly and it is way, way more easy to lie to a uh, to a machine than it is when you have that human connection. I mean, Rob, uh, Zach, we know each other, we've met each other in real life. Uh, that just gives another way of, uh, of, uh, of how we interact and how we will not commit fraud or we'll, how we will be honest to each other. Obviously, I'm an honest person myself, but even if, if, it's, if it's through a machine, you see it's easier to lie, it's easier to bend the truth. Uh, and, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the, uh, uh, the, 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 the big trend that we see uh, in, in, in the recent uh, fraud schemes. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we and also our customers in the insurance industry and other industries have to really cater for those changes. Gotcha. Yeah, no, bigger than uh, bigger than I expected and anticipated that dark number that uh, we're, you know, I think is really uh, a lot of things need to go into, I assume, in, in trying to understand and quantify that. 
So when, when you look at some of the recent claims fraud schemes, what impact would you say COVID-19 has had on uh, what insurers have faced? Yeah, so we are uh, quite a while now in this pandemic, and um, and and if you if you come to say what what makes people commit fraud, uh, there are a couple of things uh, to that. That's opportunity, rationalization, and pressure. And especially that last bit, pressure has been really put to the test. Uh, there's a lot of uh, people or or people in companies uh, that face financial hardship that have uh, trouble making ends meet. And and sometimes these pressures are so big for people that they just do not see another way out than to commit fraud, which they know typically that's not the good thing or the right thing to do, but they just don't see another way out. And so if, for instance, if you're a restaurant and you're forced to close overnight, and you have all that inventory, you have all those uh, bookings and all those commitments to your employees, etc. cetera. Uh, yeah, there might just be no other way that you might not see another way than all of a sudden uh, create a fire or, or some kind of flood, which is very clearly a fraud case and something that has happened significantly more uh, over in the recent years, uh, in, in, during the pandemic than, uh, than before, especially in the beginning of the pandemic. And, and the other elements of rationalization and opportunity are there as well, uh, but especially the pressure element in, in, in for people committing fraud is, uh, is, is, has significantly increased uh, because of COVID. Gotcha. Makes sense. No, definitely be interesting to see how we come out of the pandemic uh, as the rest of the world continues to get vaccinated and whether, you know, whether that drop in pressure has an impact in, in fraud or, or, or not, or if there are other, other factors in play that we, we might not even be able to anticipate. Yeah, I agree. So, Yarun, I, I wanted to kind of shift topics slightly, but, but ask an interesting question I think you'll have a good perspective on. And you just talked about about the pressures people might be facing even more so now um, in regards to maybe why fraud is 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 occurring in insurance. But you know, on on the side of it, around you know, even people or or groups actually looking for the the business opportunity and committing fraud. Kind of wanted to ask a question around you know what what kind of fraud tactics are you seeing utilized from an individual with an insurance? versus even more of an organized crime group um, that might be committing insurance fraud overall? Uh, yeah, that is indeed a good question, Zach. And I, I think you do see completely different approaches and also different techniques, obviously, to to uh, detect and to prevent those uh, those. Uh, schemes from happening. So, if if I would dive into the the, the organized crime first, um, so organized crime is is uh, is is really a profession. So these are these these people uh, are business people. They do market research, uh, and they they know and they find ways to uh, a, a gaps in the system that they can exploit. Um, uh, for instance, uh, I mean, staging accidents, right? That's that's a classic. But like uh, hiring uh, a heavy-duty mo- moving truck or, or other very big truck uh, to uh, to stage an accident with other cars, where you will see multiple people involved, multiple uh, injuries, multiple medical bills, multiple, uh, and and obviously the material damage, but especially the the pain and the suffering and the medical bills that that can really add up and make this uh, this these uh, these significant uh, claims. What you'll typically see is that these people really work closely together, organize that together, but do everything in their power to 
make it visible that they work together. So they're, they make sure they're not connected on Facebook. Uh, they use different identities. Uh, they use different rental companies to make sure that they that it's unclear with whom they're working. Um, but uh, they move around uh, and and make sure they we can't catch them. But that's obviously our our uh, our business to understand and to catch up with those new and changing techniques and to connect the dots really. Uh, between uh, all those parties involved. So really professional, really a business, and and also really asks a professional um, approach. And I think it, it, it is uh, it is often mentioned to this being a victim's crime, like these, these insurance companies have plenty of money as it is. Huh? That's part of that rationalization that I mentioned before. But especially with these, these stage accidents and other, of, uh, other parts of those organized crimes, these are real crimes, right? These are really big accidents people do actually get killed in these kinds of schemes and that's that's just uh, that's just we did that what we need to do as an industry everything in our power uh, to to prevent or to make this uh, not worthwhile um and then if you if you talk about the um the more individual uh, or the, the 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 opportunistic fraud uh, that typically is is more uh, not somebody that sets out to be a fraudster but gets him or herself in a situation that they can gain from the system. Very often there is a there is already an, a claim or or an, or an accident, uh, but maybe because of the deductible or whatever reason, they feel like they do not get what they expect that they would get, or they feel like, hey, if I, if I can get a thousand, why not get two thousand? Uh, right? So they typically tend to exaggerate or fluff up these damages in order to increase, uh, let's say, uh, the claim. And uh, and uh, and and yeah, that, and that's and there you see typically that that is that that quickly adds up, right? It's it's small amounts, you would say, you could say, but I mean the the, the quantity is definitely uh, significant there. Sure, and I think you know even diving one level deeper into the the whole organized fraud network question, is it is it even quantifiable to to understand the percentage of fraud dollars committed on an annual basis that might be committed by an organized fraud group um, versus all the individual fraud dollars that add up? Is that an even a quantifiable number? Uh, yeah, so the, there is this dark number that we started with, right? 40 or 80 billion that already gives away, like we do not necessarily have a very clear baseline. We, as uh, uh, that, that goes for most of the insurance companies. Uh, um, and, and maybe that's a big advice to everybody, to all, all the carriers to start tracking. What do you do on fraud? What uh, measure the effectiveness of your fraud? Uh, models or indicators or whatever you have, uh, your, the, the whole fraud funnel, the the amount of your savings, etc., to really know how big that is. Uh, and of course, not 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 unimportant, the false positive rate, uh, because that ultimately has a big impact on the customer experience. But back to your question, if you would talk about those two uh, organized versus uh, versus um, uh, opportunistic, uh, the the, uh, the difference is mainly into frequency and severity, right? So the uh, the, the, the 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 frequency of the opportunistic fraud is significantly high. It is the very of the the organized crime these are really million dollar plus schemes right that that we're talking about uh, on the organized crime if on on average across our customers that kind of evens out really uh, in terms of amount of savings uh, it's kind of 50 50 uh, but uh, but uh, but the uh, but yeah we we do have um, uh, it is a it, it is a completely different uh, frequency versus severity um, combination sure no that that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's just uh, 
<laughs> another part of, of uh, understanding fraud within insurance and how there are real organized crime stirs out there that are that are trying to beat the system and maybe maybe something that a lot of people just just don't realize so so really interesting stuff yeah and and that has a direct implication for all of us right i mean if if we as an industry do not do everything in our power to prevent that to detect that i mean we it's i mean again that number is 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 a little bit of a a broad range but we will uh, on 400 to 700 dollars per year everybody's every family is paying additionally in premium uh, because of this fraud scheme right so that's 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 real money thanks Jeroen. Yeah, certainly having a lot of uh, impact on on those who are who are good actors in in the in the form of premiums, as you mentioned. So, would love to uh, talk a little bit more now about some of the solutions that are that are out there to fraud. And previously on this podcast, we've talked about telematics scores, cyber risk scores. And so, my question to you is: What exactly does an AI powered fraud score tell you about a claim, and how does it help claim adjusters fight fraud? Uh, yeah, so we we indeed refer to that as the Frisk score, uh, and so that is that is the the one thing, and that's that's the most important element of our product. Like that puts in all the knowledge and all the experience that we have is in that in that Frisk score that helps um, uh, helps our customers uh, do the right thing when it comes to underwriting and claims. But let me let me uh, answer that AI element there as well, because if you look at let's say a little bit of a history lesson here, you see on on fraud historically. There have been quite a, a number of basic techniques that's been used, and 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 in some cases are still being used um, uh, by asking maybe even classified questions or by checking like what what's the number of claims that they have or how quickly after inception date has this claim uh, been uh, has this been claimed. Uh, so these are things that that have some level of truth in it but also create a huge uh, uh, um, amount of uh, false positives uh, just because it's it is it's not accurate enough and so that's where ai comes in right the it is not about trying to detect this based on tribal knowledge but based on actual data and that actual data that evolves over time as well so it's it's combining hundreds or thousands of of data elements based on on what we know and based on what we can compare through that uh, through that ai uh, engine and so uh, and i think that is that is the that is the, that that's real really really powerful and so if you look at the ai the uh it is the tribal knowledge is very much on what we see is what you get and, and what we know and what we heard and, and talked about us so a claim that might on on from the outset like look like genuine and legit uh with the ai we can bring up new elements and give better better indications on what is the fraud uh, scheme here at play so uh so that's that's why that's uh, why that's powerful as well Really interesting. And when it comes to those data sources and false positives, could you maybe elaborate on on what what some of those signals are, both from say within a carrier, but also kind of maybe more broadly speaking, in terms of what you know you're able to collect? Uh, yeah. So if you look at rates on purely uh, the, those indicators, that these are easy, like like eighty percent false positives rate. We like to turn that around and getting to to 70, 75% accurate scoring, meaning that whatever we say and see, like this is a potential fraud scheme at play here. This is the fraud scheme. This is the data underlying uh, why this is uh, why this, this fraud scheme uh, might be in play here. Uh, we see that up to 75% of those indications are actually being accepted 
by our customers as worth investigating. That does not mean that it's it's um, it is actually fraud because that's that's part of the investigation. But it does mean that it's worth taking this from the conveyor belt, and and also compared to previously. And then I'll 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 give it back to you. It, it is also much faster, right? We don't want people to wait to have a, play, a claim plate because it's under investigation. You want to do this in a split second, so you can also if uh, if there's reason to take it off the conveyor belt, do that quickly. But also make sure you have the ultimate experience for most of our customers, right? That these are honest customers and, and and get the ultimate customer experience being paid fast and being helped in time of need. Thanks, Jeroen, great perspective. So I, I, you know, Zach back here again, I, I kind of wanted to ask maybe a, a concluding uh, two-part question for you, Jeroen, uh, as, we, as we look here to wrap up. But, you know, what, what do you see as being a part of the future of fraud detection and insurance? And then secondly, what, what kind of additional steps or processes can insurers take to really stop, stop the scammers and, and really make insurance more honest? Um, yeah, so I think uh, there's a couple of things here that, 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 that they can do. First of all, uh, it is raising awareness, I would say. So establishing a fraud fighting culture and being very clear that this is an, uh, not a victimless crime, that this we should not accept this, and that we as an industry, as a company, as, in a, as an individual should do whatever we can to, uh, uh, to detect that and also prevent that. And that's also not that prevent is also a big part of the trends that I see is it's not only about detecting and fighting it and doing all the investigations and, and all the effort that comes with it, uh, but we we truly believe and and also our customers really uh, support that message is that we um, the, the underwriting side right so prevent predicting it preventing it and making sure that uh, that 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 fraud analytics is used throughout end to end throughout the throughout the carrier and um, and and then ultimately, I think making it more easy uh, for customers to deploy these kinds of technology. And I think that's that's maybe a shameless plug for 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 both companies. Uh, but having uh, this integrated uh, seamlessly into a core platform, being able to leverage that kind of technology without having a, a six or a, a month or whatever uh, project at hand, but being able to uh, to pl- uh, to plug it in. Having that established connection, having that, having the workflows and the whole integration uh, out of the box available is is the way to go, right? It's it, this should not be uh, huge projects. This should be instant on. This should be uh, fast time to value and uh, and and real time, uh, because this is not something you can do uh, in a batch situation. So these are these are some of the big trends that I see. Sure, and uh, yeah, I think we're all. Uh, anyone who works in this industry is probably very interested to see the future of fraud detection and where it takes us. There's just so much money at stake, I think, that we all agree on. And um, I think we'll, we'll all be monitoring closely over these next few years where where it really goes. Yeah, love that. So, Yaroon, uh, a- anything else to add before we uh, before we conclude today? No, I think I'm good. This uh, this was good. I uh, I, uh, I do uh, I do appreciate your time and 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 having this conversation. And I think um, 
I think I touched on most of the important elements, but uh, I do truly value our partnership. I do really believe that, uh, that, as I mentioned, that having that tight integration and being able to deliver uh, this as true partners is, is critical. And uh, I mean, I'd love to see you guys in, in real life again uh, soon. Awesome, Jeroen. Well, we hope to see you again soon, too. Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in today. Before we conclude today's episode, I'd like to highlight that at Duck Creek, we have two pre-built integrations with Frisk. This includes their Underwriting Insights product, which can be used to pre-fill application information for commercial policies, and more importantly, provides a huge array of risk insights and underwriting indicators in real time, all in Duck Creek policy. Furthermore, Frisk fraud detection scores can also be integrated into Duck Creek claims, enabling insurers to flag potentially fraudulent claims and jumpstart investigations all while paying legitimate claims with the speed your customers deserve. To learn more about our integrations with Friss, go to duckcreek.com slash partner slash Friss. And if you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to check out all of our other great podcast episodes of Conversations on the Creek on our virtual events platform, VFormation, by going to vformation.duckcreek.com. We'll see you next time.